Welcome to the next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your host, Patrick Egan. I think uh, Gene Robinson's off on another search today. He's been pretty busy in the summer. Uh, But today's guest, we're talking with um, Small Unmanned Systems Leadership Award uh, for 2017 winner, Terry Miller from Unmanned Risk Management. Hello, Terry. Hey, Patrick. Uh, how you doing? I appreciate the opportunity to be on, uh, be on the podcast here today. Well, we appreciate you being here. Anytime we have you on as a guest, we, uh, we get to learn a few things and, and get a, you know, put our finger in the air and see what's going on with the industry. As, as I always tell people, there's like, the, two, the, the cornerstone of any industry is insurance and finance. So you're part of that cornerstone. And that's one reason that you won the uh, leadership award for 2017 is, uh, you know, people are like, well, what, you know, what did he do? You have been a, uh, you know, a leader. Um, and, and again, in that cornerstone of bringing insurance to uh, this industry. And again, people discount that. I had that discussion this week at a job that it might be a past, you know, job. But I tried to tell them about, you know, uh, insurance. And I think some people are still kind of confused and think that uh, drones are toys. What, what, what do you see? Is are we still there? We still have that strata. It depends upon which industry that uh, you know, we're looking at. So, so what, one of the things that, that we've always seen, and as a matter of fact, what drew us into the industry was that uh, you know drones, in and of themselves, you know, are 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 a tool or a platform. And so, you know, the, as as we start to see the industry mature a little bit, at least those buying insurance are. Are, are are companies that are either hiring operators or or operating starting flight departments internal flight departments to support and and augment existing you know operations so mining construction uh the insurance industry claims things like that so they're they're actually integrating the drones in into you know support and augmentation of their their core business and those companies are are accustomed and you know to to buying insurance uh to they understand exposure they have risk managers attorneys things like that so we're we're uh, that you know that are concerned with it they they have some minimum standards minimum requirements and and one of the reasons for that is that they need underlying primary limits to in order for their excess you know cgl non aviation uh, insurance to respond over the tops of those operations and you know so by and large those those that are buying insurance are 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 fairly sophisticated at this point they're used to insurance they're used to risk management and it's something that 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 falls into what they do and and we're we're definitely seeing you know the industry respond to that and also understand so we're we're seeing a transition from you know where where they're starting to view these uh, view drones and and the use of drones as a as a real exposure uh and and you know likewise we've seen coverages expand premiums drop uh and and policies be better tailored to those operations and and so it's becoming you know it's becoming 
you know, less painful to purchase insurance and, and a little bit easier to understand as 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 the industry matures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, now that's the that that would be what I would call the professional strata abuser. So I know you get out, you know, and you talk to people on the, I don't want to say on the street, but let's say some other maybe the other users who aren't already educated. I mean, most people that are in business or have had business have some sort of liability insurance. You know, I got liability insurance at my office if someone right. trips on the carpet, you know. I've got liability insurance for my corporation just in case, you know, God forbid I drop my keys and somebody trips and falls over them, you know, or whatever. Um, I, but again, you know, most people that aren't initiated, you see them, they go, oh, well, you know, these are toys, you know, and, and, and what could happen? And, and I, even in myself and my professional life, I got to tell people, look, I go, you know, uh, if it's, if one of these toys goes into somebody's windshield, and the car careens off the road, um, you know, I got this old saw about how, uh, you know, maybe most people's wives might be cool. My wife, I'm going to have marital strife. If the sheriff's taken the house, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, maybe other people's lives are cool with that. But I'm going to have problems. Well, it depends on, you know, but it depends on what you have, what assets you have to protect. And, and, you know, but I, I, up to this point, to be honest with you, a lot of, uh, a lot of non-commercial or non-professional operators view it as a, as a low exposure or they, they don't have a lot to lose. And that's avoidance is certainly, you know, a, a, a one part of, of risk management. Um, but but the you know if we if we look at a couple of claims we look at a couple of losses that have already occurred that can you know I'll go go back to avoidance and and right now I think a lot of it is cross your fingers and hope they don't find you you know if the big loss oh, occurs. Yeah. but let's look at some real let's look at some real losses real lawsuits. One that is a products liability uh, uh, suit that's that's going through the courts in Denver, where uh, you know and this was a, this was a parrot product and the, uh, the 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 plaintiff was was flying it and doing you know at least this is what the suit says doing what he saw in the promotional video, flying it around the house and and didn't really view it as dangerous and then put his own eye out with uh, with one of the uh, one of the propellers. <laughs> And now suing Oops. Parrot because it, you know, in, in his words or in the suit, and I'm paraphrasing here, is that you know he was doing he was doing what 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 he saw Parrot promoting that it should be how it should be used, and so that's and so now if you if you move to put the put the shoe on the other foot and it's not your own eye it's somebody else's eye now you're you're liable, and that's something that's right you know I was done in his own living room. Another one was a case up in uh, up in up in San Jose or, or Mountain View, where a drone hit a power line and took down took sixteen uh, took down power to sixteen hundred users. You know, so so now if you just look at you know most people think in terms of well they just gotta go out there and, and bring the power back up. Well, in insur- in the insurance industry, what we see you know for 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 liability arising from a loss like that is downline. You know, the potential of lost revenue by every convenience store, every hairdresser, 
every you know anybody doing business, uh, individuals who have food in their freezers, you know, plus plus loss loss revenue to the power company while while the line was being repaired in addition to actual cost repairing the line. And so in that case, you you know there uh, you know insurance would cover those losses. And right. without insurance, you know, the, the you know, it seems to be the attitude of running for the hills. And, you know, in those cases, it's trying to track down the person or the individual. And so now you have to, you have to go back and look at, at forest fires here in Colorado. We deal with that. I've been evacuated myself more than probably seven times. And... You know, when 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 somebody starts, you know, just trying to get video, even for recreational purposes, you know, there's some real exposure there if a fire, you know, expands as a result of having to ground aircraft because you know drones been sighted, and so there's real exposure. I just don't, you know, just uh, there are a lot of recreational, non-professional operators that that you know rely heavily on number one not being caught, number two. If they do get caught, they've got nothing to lose, and you know it's the old van down by the river. You know, uh, I hope you like camping. I'll uh, you know throw them the keys to the apartment that I rent, or whatever the case might be. And I'm 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 joking there, but but really that's uh, you know and, and and you know so so how many are out there? There's there there has to be a lot, right. and how many operate in that manner? nobody really knows yet. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, you've touched on a few things like, you know, <clears throat> I, I make that joke too. you know, you're talking about people's food in the refrigerator, you know, and you're probably a good guy to ask, how much does a side of beef cost these days? <laughs> how many guys and have the, a side of beef in their freezer? That, that, that was put in there yesterday, right? <laughs> um, so and so it becomes a big claim. I mean even if you think in terms of just the defense costs which are in addition to the actual damages. So if right. you, an insurance company has to defend that individual um you know or if the the individual has to defend themselves because they're not insured it's you know that that alone can bankrupt you never mind the uh you know the actual penalties. And so you know, at those points, are you insured? You just you, you, you you're gonna you know you're gonna want to know the answer to that probably most people uh, before you you know before the loss occurs. That's the wrong time to be reading the policy, and unfortunately, that's when most people do read the policy. Uh, right. But we do spend a, a tremendous amount of time with professional operators going through those contracts, going through those exposures, and trying to cover, you know, trying to trying to determine the exposure, what you know, what the potential exposure, and and how to cover those losses should the losses occur, and you know, in turn, part of the underwriting process is determining professional operators that try to avoid having the losses and relying on insurance. You know, uh, but by pushing the pushing the limit, and right, right. and so you know, those are the two sides of the coin, typically in well, all 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 industries. Well, and I think you're hitting on some uh, really the crux of the biscuit, as it was, and I was just listening to Frank Zappa before the show, but. The uh, thing there, what you're talking about is really is, you know, when you're buying that insurance, you're also buying, let's say, someone in your corner, and, and you alluded to that, is they're defending you. 
I mean, they're defending themselves also because they're, they're covering you. But that's, that's really what you're getting. I mean, if you're some small guy and you've got to defend yourself, uh, you, you just you can't. Most people don't have the means to do that. And the insurance company. And, mo- that's and what many they of do. those coverages are, are, you know, the the defense, you know, or the payment or having an attorney, you know, is is in addition to the limit. So, if you're carrying a right. million dollars in coverage and and the defense costs are are two hundred thousand, you know, so you're, you know, that that two hundred thousand is is in addition to those limits. So, you know, you're still it's not it's not burning through the limit as as the defense is. Is uh, you know, and and then other things that uh, you know, if if you, if you do have an attorney, it's you know, was it intentional? Was it not intentional? Right. You know, is is the claim is the is the is the complaint reasonable or unreasonable? And that's where attorneys and professionals are are called on your behalf to exactly. you know, to to defend you and and to determine whether it should be settled or whether it should be defended and, and litigated. Another thing that most most operators don't stop to consider is that you know if you're if and and many drone owners and operators, you know. I, I know I, I know nobody listened to this ever experienced a you know, crash of a drone, but I certainly have on every one I've ever owned, and I've done the repairs myself and purchased you know different products and 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 you can see that you know everything that comes through eBay or Amazon is not created equal. Four propellers from four different vendors can be four completely different products. So now when I start modifying or or repairing a drone. It becomes my product, and I have liability for those repairs that I make or the changes or modifications that I make to the drone. And so let's say that a loss occurs and somebody claims that I'm, in addition to just general negligence, I'm also negligent for, you know, either, you know, for repair and service of the product. Or I sell the drone down line after I've repaired it, and and it was a it was a it was a uh, you know inferior repair or or or, or uh, you know I sold a defective product. It was a defective repair or defective product that I I purchased and put on the drone. So now. The drone is gone. I've sold it. It's crashed, but a third party now is coming back to me saying that I my repairs were the result of the claim, you know, for the drone that came through the windshield. And none of that is a stretch, by the way, because if the operator that bought your drone decides not to carry coverage, you know, <laughs> oh, plaintiffs and, and plaintiffs' attorneys are, are, are adept at, at going down line and finding those that were in the chain of ownership, chain of commerce, and determining liability or comparative negligence or whatever the case might be. So is, just because just because you weren't the one operating the drone doesn't mean that you weren't negligent. You know, it may be someone that you hired or referred something to. You know, maybe somebody operating your drone that you let them borrow oh. or or that you sold them. And yeah. and these are things that that a lot of people just don't stop to think about when they operate you know that the and and you know as the as the as the industry grows we'll we'll see more of it and we expect it in the insurance industry and we plan for it and that's one of the reasons why you know when we underwrite a risk it's not just the operational risk today it's what's the potential for exposure downline and defense costs and claims handling costs well okay now see and this is why I like having you on because 
I mean, I really, I just had this, like, I, I, I had my stomach dropped when I'm hearing all of this, let's say, chain of liability. And this is exactly why I never crash. Okay. Well, one of the reasons. It's only aborted takeoff and then scheduled landing. Okay. Because I don't want to be liable downstream for any, you know, other mishaps. Okay. So I'm keeping it, touch wood, I'm keeping it straight over here. Whew. I don't. Uh, you know, and the more, yeah, and and when when we what we tell our insureds, and we're very selective, is is complete the application like you want insurance. Okay, so what we you know, and, and so now if you take into account that we're not only covering the actual loss, the actual damages for which you're legal found legally liable. Is are are those defense costs and you know or or even recovery of a drone? Let's say it's crashed up on the the Capitol Dome in the state of California. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay to get that down. Nobody stops <laughs> to think about that. What if the drone is in some place that's, you know, a power a power company, a nuclear power plant grounds? You know, recovery <laughs> is 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 expensive or can be expensive it's in a tray it's in and we cover those losses by the way and so what we want to do and you know when when it comes down to third-party legal liability we you know it's in everybody's interest to have a professional operator who can come in and verify yeah, yes, we were operating there, and this is what happened. Or no, we weren't operating there. Or this is how we were operating. We keep records and logs, and we follow, you know, operate, you know, operational standards, and we have operating procedures. And and so now, when you do go to defend a client like that, you can you can min you can provide the best defense, minimize the loss, and still provide the service to the to the to the general public because keep in mind you know as insurance providers and as drone operators as aircraft operators we all owe a duty to the general public who may be injured as a result of our negligence through no fault of their own and no beyond their own personal control and so in that case you know you want to you want to make them whole. You want to indemnify them, as does your insurance company. So everything doesn't involve avoiding a claim. It's 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 going out, defending it, and and making people whole. And in turn, that that puts the general public into a public you know that gives them a public a positive view of operators who are operating right. responsibly and insured. And then regulators and government understand that. Hey, sometimes things go wrong. It goes wrong with automobiles, trucks, drones, and airplanes, everything that moves. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why our motto is managing the risk of motion. But in that case, if you do damage the, the general public, a third party, at least you're, you, you can, you know, you're, 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 you're financially responsible and you're following through and able to make them whole. And, and again, all of that raises positive public perception, positive perception of government and regulators, and of, of you know, every, you know, other stakeholders, such as airplane operators who we're sharing the airspace with. You know, it goes all the way down line, and that's part of, you know, a culture of safety, a professional culture, and, and a professional industry. Right. And I think that that's, you know, that's another thing in this strata of droners. The people that uh, see these as toys, I, I just really don't think they get it, you know. But, 
I, hopefully they're coming around to that. But, you know, one other thing I wanted to talk about. Now, you really talked about a lot of what you get when you purchase uh, liability insurance. And I don't know a lot about the subject, but people ask me all the time about these hourly insurance providers. And I just tell people, look, you know what, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been buying business insurance for 25 years, maybe longer. I don't know. But I, I've never really been able to get anybody motivated for $15, $20 an hour or really feel like I'm purchasing something like you just described on these hourly deals. Do you know anything about this hourly thing? Because people ask me about it. You know, we're – Basically, the biggest cause of loss for drones is fire, okay? And so mm-hmm. the fire doesn't usually happen within the hour that you're operating it. You know, so if you and, – and, and, uh, and I don't know about all of them, and I'm not specifying any of them, but, you know, the general liability coverages are there 24 hours a day. Right. So if the the charger, the battery overcharges starts a fire on your customer's premises, you know, our insurance is enforced 24 hours a day. If it starts a fire on an airplane, an A380 just had to land in Toronto because a power bank started on fire. And so when you have things like that, that's a 24 hour a day exposure everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And if, if your if your insurance ran out 10 minutes ago, did it even cover it when it was in force? I don't know. Right. Comprehensive general liability coverages, premises liability. We have courts running all over the place, cases all over the place, ladders. You right. look at some right. operations, there's a lot of exposure there. If you cause somebody to trip and fall, so you've got fire lead. And then what about hacking and war risk? War risk is covered. Yeah, yeah. You know, hacking and hijacking are covered under a coverage called war risk. War risk is a misnomer. It's not just acts of war. It's actually hijacking is covered under that. Hacking is a form of hijacking if somebody uh. takes control of the drone. And that's 24 hours a day, whether whether you're in control of it or not. So are you covered for a third party taking control of the drone? I don't know. So we we're and and then cost you know anywhere from ten dollars to thirty or forty dollars an hour is pretty expensive, expensive. because you're not paying because keep in mind it's not a flight hour it's a clock hour mm. okay so airplanes are are charged for on, on on hops time or tack time you know and that's flight time that's when the propellers moving the engines running. And so this insurance, whether you're, you know, changing batteries, the clock keeps ticking. So there are a number of other things that could be argued that, you know, anytime you, you, you put, put, put someone under pressure of time and they're mm-hmm. rushing or, or it's, it's going to start increasing costs, you know, you know, or, or, you know, then, then you start to push those limits to avoid, you know, running over that time. But by and large, the amount of coverage that you get 24 hours a day anywhere in the world, you know, we just had a, a question yesterday from a person who's, and, and this was not a professional user, this is a recreational, going to Italy, getting permission to fly in different areas in Italy and needed coverage for his operations in Italy. Is he covered? You know, what hour? How do you, how do you bind it in Italy? You can't. 
our policy follows them to Italy, right? So they can go anywhere in the world. They don't have to worry about when time is running out. It does include comprehensive general liability coverages. It does include war risk. It does include contractual liability. So if you have a contractual obligation to someone who's hiring you, our policy will cover that. Will hourly? Most of them I have seen don't. And you can't well, because most contracts require a 30-day notice of cancellation, for example. Um, right. Or they require you to verify that the coverage is enforced for a period of time pre- and post-job. You know, we see, we see, you know, Film LA is a good example of that. Um, we've, we've been notified that they won't even consider hourly coverage. Um, another thing is that, that they, at some point, you know, customers have to verify that the aircraft is scheduled to the policy. So do right. we know that that aircraft that is operating on this job is insured? Our policies schedule those aircraft. The hourly policies don't that I've seen. So there are, there, are, there are pluses and minuses. You know, it can be very limited. I think most of the, most of the, the customers or clients that we insure who have used it have essentially said that they just can't afford hourly because it can, it can run into the hundreds of dollars a day. Right. That's uh, you funny. know, for 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 very limited, you know, flight time because it's well, clock time that, that they're paying for. And so they're actually, you know, find themselves over a three day period paying for a couple of years worth of annual coverage. Um, mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. at that point, they come to us and just say, listen, we just want it. That way we know wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we're covered. And that works well for them. If you're a recreational operator who just does it rarely, but most people that would buy hourly coverage are doing it for a reason, meaning that they yeah. see a big exposure in front of them, flying over a crowd at a concert, for example, flying over a crowd at a fireworks display in, uh, you know, in, a, in a highly populated metropolitan area. And they say, geez, I better, I better just, just in case, I better do it here. And so you're also seeing a higher level of exposure for that period of time, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, uh, you know, so, so there are pluses and minuses to all of them. We just, uh, you know, what we see is, is are those that need, you know, very broad coverage that, that cover them 24 hours a day, whether you're flying or whether you're not flying, for things like, like uh, you know, non-owned non buildings and contents in the event of a fire, fire legal liability, war, hijacking. You know, and if they well, want to insure the aircraft itself for physical damage, hourly right. insurance doesn't offer that today. Right. We well, do, I'm, 24 hours a day, wherever it is, whether it's backed over by a car or stolen. Right. Well, and it's interesting you mention that, because the last project I was on, and I actually did it as a volunteer, but uh, I got there, I was, I was at the call time, I'm ready to do the shoot, and uh, fire up the drone, even though I'd updated the firmware... Two nights before I get out to the, the call time and I have to update the firmware. So a lot of my time was spent updating, updating the firmware. I had four minutes to complete the shot, <laughs> you know, and which I tell everybody being under like, let's say stressful conditions is not the way to drone. 
That is that is. Or it. the clock is, you know, the, what I, I think about it every time. I mean, any time. It doesn't matter whether it's manned aviation, unmanned. Doesn't matter if it's a boat or an automobile. If you're if you're forcing somebody into a time situation, you're forcing right. them to complete a task in a in a in a finite period of time. You know, it it can become an issue, and and for for a third party. For example, someone who hires an operator who carries non-owned coverage. So if I hire you, I have exposure for negligent hiring of an operator. My coverage is predicated on your coverage. If your coverage runs out or I can't verify that it was in place or that the coverage occurred in the policy territory or policy period, then that may void my coverage. You know, right. may avoid contractual liability if you had a, if you signed a contract with me, because an hour from now the coverage is no longer in place, so that coverage is expired. Under an annual policy, it's going to be enforced for the next eight months, nine months, right. ten months, right. whatever the case is. And and so the you know, and I think about that anytime I'm giving a you know a presentation, I'm watching that clock tick down, and I realize I still have five slides left. You know, right. there, there's something's got to give, right? And and it's no different for any other type of operation. Now, again, I'm not saying any are are good or bad. Um, no. I see that most most large companies who hire operators um, require annual coverage or long-term coverage. Um, but it doesn't mean that it won't. You know, hourly coverage isn't good or doesn't have a place. It just means that you have to understand what you're buying, understand what it's covering. And, you know, just make sure that it is what, what you think it is and what you want. No, and I think that's, that's really good advice. Now, one other thing you touched on, and I wanted to talk about this, because, uh, you know, I teach uh, motion picture, television broadcast, drone. Um, and you were talking a little bit about the movie industry. Now, I hear things are kind of changing uh, again, you know, at the expo, we had Michael Shambliss, and he was talking that uh, the uh, 600 was going to write a new uh, safety bulletin uh, because things are kind of changing and evolving in the movie industry. And say, from an insurance standpoint of view, are, are they starting to ask for higher um, higher limits, or what, what 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 what's going on there? Well, that's actually how we started insuring drones. We're one of the largest insurers in the world of, of aerial film production coverage. So we insure the, the, the production companies themselves, whether it's a manned helicopter, whether it's you know manned aircraft that they're using, aerial assets, we insure the production company. And, and down line, you know, for them to be insured, they, 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 they have to require that any operators they hire are also insured. And they've become more sophisticated. Uh, the, the, the California Film Commission recommends mm-hmm. two million minimum, mm-hmm. and and goes up from there. And what's standard that we're seeing is most production companies are requiring five million. And that, that's not that's not you know magical. That's not a magical number they're pulling out of the air. The more the higher the limit that a, an operator, whether it's a helicopter or or a drone. 
um, you know, the, the, aside from what it indicates relative to the operator, that they've been underwritten, that they're professional, that they carry coverage as part of their daily operations because, you know, that's, that, that, that gives credibility and, and, and shows, you know, uh, responsibility. But, the, but, but in addition to that, um, the, if they're carrying $5 million, then the cost for the production company to buy insurance reduces dramatically. So the higher mm -hmm. the, and so it's to their benefit to require a higher limit from any operator that they hire because it's going to reduce their costs and, and increase their, their uh, ability to get higher limits of coverage. And so, for example, they come to us, they say, we want to carry a $100 million non-owned liability limit, non-owned liability policy. We say, what are the primary limits carried by the operators you're hiring? They come to us and say, what will give us the lowest rate? We say $5 million or higher, maybe $10 million, maybe twenty. And at mm -hmm. that point, that's the requirement that they're going to place. And you're going to have to, you know, and those operators will have to provide coverage that's, that's adequate um, to satisfy those, those requirements. Now, Film LA, to give a permit, is now starting to require one, two to five million, depends on the situation. We've been working with Film LA for 15 years. We, we're, we, we have access to their online system. We file the documents for the production company so that, so that it, or for the, for the operator and so that it can be verified online through the Film LA system. And we're, ours are accepted universally for, you know, it's because we're, we're used to working in that system 24 hours a day. Uh, we know what they're requiring. We know what the operators need. And we go into the system, we issue the documents electronically. And lately, we have definitely seen that, that, that hourly insurance has not been accepted. It's, mm -hmm. it's just straight, flat-out unacceptable, you know, in that system. And so, you know, and the problem with that is if, it, if it's not accepted, then the permit uh, is canceled and the production is shut down. And so, again... Yeah. The operator has a lot of liability potentially. If you shut down a production that costs a lot of money to delay or, or postpone, mm -hmm. you know, the production company it may hold that operator liable. Right. Um, now, in Shambles. You know, at the very least, they may not be hired again. So we are seeing strong requirements of real limits for annual coverage and that the, and that the coverage be, be documented and confirmed within within the you know the existing systems that the film industry has been working in for decades. Right, and and you know I've I've heard numbers, production costs of north of ninety thousand dollars a minute on these big productions. So, I mean you know it's a serious game. And again, you know anybody that's ever been on a movie, I mean it doesn't always go according to plan, and there's delays and all the rest of that. It so. never goes as planned. And when we, even when we insure the production company, forget about drones. Let's just say we're, you know, it's 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 almost every time eleven o'clock on Friday night, two o'clock in the morning on on. Uh, on Saturday, because the production is taking place in in Hungary or or in Rome, 
Right. And so that that and you know weather rolled in when they were supposed to go. And so an example of a production non-owned aviation policy will look something like this: a hundred million dollars of coverage to cover two days of production within a four-day period. So the coverage period is four days, covering two days of aerial production within that four days. Now, if you have weather, you have a mechanical. I know every no drones ever don't work, or no airplanes are never down for mechanical reasons. Suddenly, you find Firmware yourself upgrade. with a delay. Now those policies have to be, you know, because they're not cheap either. So there's a lot of costs. So we're at Transport Risk Management. One of the reasons why we are in the position we are relative to ensuring aerial film production and and aerial operators, aircraft operators, is because we answer the phone at 2 a.m. on Saturday, at 4 a.m. on Sunday. You know, when it's when it's midnight in Russia, we answer the phone, we get the documents issued. And we have people here, we have technology that, that the insured can go into our customer portal and issue their own certificates, but that doesn't always work. We understand that. They can access their policy documents 24 hours a day from anywhere in the world, but sometimes a person needs to change a date because of a mechanical or because of weather. Sometimes they need to add another party to an insurance policy. Sometimes they need to add days of production. And we're better at that than anybody in the world, whether you're operating a Phantom, whether you're operating a, a, a Boeing 777, or whether you're a production company trying to do a shoot in Hungary. Uh, we're we're there to you know we're there to assist, and I think that any any of our clients who have ever needed that, uh, you know we have we get hundreds of emails thanking us for that type of service. Well, I've been uh, you know for full disclosure, I'm insured by uh, you guys, and uh, you know anything I've ever asked for, boom, I get it right back, and I appreciate that. Now, could you give us the website where folks can get more information, or uh, you know? let's say, learn about the uh, products that you offer? We're, again, we, we, we're, we're an aviation and aerospace insurance specialist. That's, that's all that we deal with here at Transport Risk Management today is aviation and aerospace. Uh, our primary website for, for manned, for all things aviation, is transportrisk.com. Our unmanned site is unmannedrisk.com. And uh, there they can uh, they can they can get a lot of information on unmanned risk, not just from the drone operator owner operator standpoint, but also for non-owned liability exposures, uh, and and you know the exposures that 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 can be associated with manned and unmanned risk, unmanned uh, aircraft operations. Well, thanks, Terry, for being on. It was very informative. As always, that's why I like having you on. Uh, you give us a lot of food for thought, things to – and i got to go back and roll that one back and go, uh-oh. You know, now I'm thinking about moving into a, a plastic <laughs> bubble somewhere or one of those – you remember they had those deals, the, the we are ball for the hamster? You put the lid on there and the little guy can't get in trouble. I think i got to look into that. <laughs> So thanks again for being well, on. Well, we appreciate I appreciate the opportunity and again, you know, we're available anytime anybody has questions, we're happy to uh to spend the time, educate them and and let them let them know what we what we do and how we can help or you know, or if we can't help. Okay. Well, thanks again and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Patrick. Goodbye.